Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepard, I am your host. Um, this show, if you don't know and you've just joined us, is about giving you the option to lay back and let us choose what to watch for you. So it doesn't have to be just about Netflix, even though that's in the name. It can be about Amazon or Hulu or Shudder or even free services like YouTube or Daily Motion. Is Daily Motion still a thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. So. <laughs> I'm joined today by my guest, Greg Knox. Hey, hey Greg. Man. What's up? <laughs> Nothing much, just doing a podcast. Um, and Greg is the co-host of the Lament Configuration podcast. Um, and he is um, always joined by Rhea Fend, who was on last week's show, which hopefully you've listened to. Uh, Greg, what's it like working with Rhea on the podcast? Nice. Uh, it's very entertaining, actually. Um, it, <laughs> what I found is um, when I started the show, because I wanted to start a horror podcast for a long time. It's just one of these things. I'm a big procrastinator and I just couldn't get off my ass and actually do it yeah, yeah um and when i met ria it just i don't know it i just instinctively kind of it felt right yeah and um yeah it's really good I, it sounds right yeah. it sounds great and um, it's one of the like i said to ria last week it's um one of the only horror podcasts i can stand without like oh, okay. wanting to kill myself <laughs> oh that's not good <laughs> no um but like what got you into horror why, why horror why dedicate a whole podcast to that particular genre um, well, it's similar to Rhea on the last show. It's kind of bad parenting, <laughs> really. Um, so anyone who gets into horror, it's probably because their parents are like, no, nah, it's all right. We'll just let them watch these That's like, exactly nasty how films. I got into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, great. So I want to thank my mum and dad for like, letting <laughs> me watch nasty films. Um, I can't remember what my first ever horror film was, unfortunately, because I have a really bad memory of okay, my childhood. You need to make it up. So if people ask you, you can just make it up. Make it something really cool. Oh, um, I was going to say Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 there, but I don't know if that's <laughs> really very cool or not. So yeah, let's just say Silent so. Night, Deadly Night 2 for the sake of argument. I had to watch all of those films. Uh, last year, I set myself a challenge of watching all the Silent Night, Deadly Night films. There's oh, a million God. of them. Second one, because the second one it is basically half of it is just the first film in yeah. flashback form. So I'm like, I've seen all this. Is it the I've second one that's set mostly or partly in a toy shop? I've not seen that. I think that's the fourth one. Right. Okay. The second one is Garbage Day. That one. <laughs> that, yes, that's one. Yeah, yeah, it's the guy who overacts and he's in like he's having an interview with a, a psychiatrist. Yeah. And so yeah, he he spoilers for anyone who's not seen Silent Night Deadly <laughs> Two. In case you ever did want to watch it, by the way. Um. Yeah, he kills a psychiatrist and he. I don't know all these crazy people they end up meeting really hot women in these films I don't know yeah, if you've noticed this I have noticed and that. he meets this quite attractive woman and there's a funny scene at the cinema where I think her ex-boyfriend's there or something like that okay is this bringing back not really now? not really they all kind of blend okay. into each other the third one's slightly better um, okay. and I haven't seen four, four or five although I, from what I understand Clint Howard is in one of or both of them he's always in about the fourth or fifth installment yeah. of every horror franchise yeah, I find um, just while we're on, on the subject of, of sequels what do you think of the of the Sleepaway Camp uh, films I actually really like the Sleepaway Camp films me well, too I love them I, I really like the first one it's very very cheesy but it's a lot of fun and one actually, of the best endings of all time yeah of horror course yeah. yes which um, won't spoil but yeah. um, the second I, one yeah is actually really, really fun as well. 100%. I love the second one. I maybe even prefer the second one to the first, just because maybe from the poster, because the poster has the main girl with a backpack with Freddy's glove in it and Jason's mm. mask in it, It's which is blew my mind. I was like in the video shop going, hang on, is Jason and Freddy in this film? This is amazing. <laughs> and obviously eventually they did meet. 
Yes, they did. <laughs> um, what what a film that was, not. It was. Um, but Greg, um, we've come here to kind of give people our recommendations. Um, we can we can chat about uh, your stuff in a bit, but let's start okay. with, as I am the host, let's go to my choice first. All right. My choice, first choice of what to watch on Netflix is a 1988 film uh, that's available on YouTube. That's you know, ha- how you know it's good. It's called A Mock Assault Video, A-M-O-K Assault Video. And what this is, it's basically a compilation clip film in the vein of Faces of Death, but with no kind of wraparound story of the kind of scientist or anything. Mm. It's just weird stuff together on one video. Um, and this was put together by a, um, a group of people who owned a bookshop, I think in LA or New York or somewhere like that, America, um, who basically wanted to weird out the people who went there, the patrons. So they would produce these weird books full of like weird images that they find around. Um, and this is kind of the video version. And this video version contains some of the most weirdest stuff like available at the time. For instance, it's got, uh, remember when the satanic panic stuff happened, like in the 80s? One of my favourite mo- moments in history, uh, <laughs> just because it's, everyone's crazy. Um, Stupid. Yeah. Well, it's got this footage of um, these two evangelists on TV watching an episode of She-Ra. So you've got them watching She-Ra, commenting on it, on it a bit like uh, Mystery Science Theatre 3000, but going, oh, look, that's, that's satanic. Oh, she's, she's, she's just uh, done a spell on that person. This is going to make kids become witches. It is a brilliant, brilliant watch. Um, you've got other things a little bit more darker, like um, a guy who was murdered in Hawaii. He was a, a reporter, and then he, he seemed get murdered. Um, and the video ends with, like most of these videos end, uh, kind of because it has the most shock value. It has Bud Dwyer's death. Do you know Bud Dwyer? Um, Bud I've Dyer, vaguely sorry. heard of this. Um, so Bud Dwyer, he was... Um, I think he was some kind of a journalist or news person. Um, and he was, he, he called like a news conference. So it was full of press and he pulls out a gun and he's, and he says, everyone stand back. I don't want anyone to be hurt here. And everyone's like, no. And he slowly puts the gun in his mouth, pulls a trigger. His head kind of explodes and he falls back and there's just, right. yeah, jets of blood. So it's like Christina Chubbuck. It's very, very much like that. Was. Those, yeah. those two are very closely linked in terms of like shock, uh, TV things. Um, yeah, and it's just a bizarre piece of um, 80s um, craziness. Um, and if you actually find the physical VHS of it, I will buy it off you. If anyone out there who has a mock assault video, I'm willing to pay up to 50 quid. So that's uh, putting that out there into the, into the ether. I really want this video. Um, but it's available on YouTube, thankfully. And um, if you are of that particular disposition, then do watch it. I do recommend it. Um, once again, that's a 1988 film, A Mock Assault video uh so greg what is your first choice okay so so my first choice is on shudder and it's a film called a strange color of your body's tears now anyone who knows me knows that i love my italian horror i love my giallo um i like really weird stuff yeah and this kind of is like a combination of all three of those, really. So it's by uh, the husband and wife team of Bruno Forzani and Helena Cattet. Uh, this is their second film. So the first film was a film called A Mare, which is kind of I've like yeah, a good. giallo homage, but how they do it is very different from most people how they do homage so most people when they do a jalo homage they literally do it like nudge nudge wink wink style like yeah. have you seen the editor i have yeah did you like the editor 
Um, I've got to say yes because I know those guys. <laughs> okay. I don't and they know those listen guys. as well. Oh, do they now? Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. You can say what you want though. It's fine. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought it was all right. The only thing is, the issue I have with it is it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not really a big fan of the whole like we're being really clever, we're being really tongue in cheek, yeah. doing all this because look, we're homaging this, we're homaging this. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of that style. But I'm sure they're very nice people. It's the Astron Six guys, yeah, yeah. Did the void? Oh, I like the void. Yeah, same people. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like the void. Void's better than the editor in my yeah. opinion. But hey, um, <laughs> sorry. That's um, true. That is true. Yeah. Um. But anyway, going on to this, the way they do it is a little bit more kind of. I'm going to say metaphorical or it's a little bit more uh, they're kind of homaging it not they're sort of indirectly homaging it instead okay. of directly yeah, yeah. Um, so so a mayor was kind of there wasn't really a lot of dialogue it was a lot more kind of enigmatic mm-hmm. this film is very enigmatic as well yeah. um, but in a different way so the plot of such as there is is yeah. basically is a, a telecommunications executive he's coming back from a business trip comes back to his flat to find that his wife is missing <laughs> and doesn't know where she is and he tries looking for her and basically there are mysterious forces at work in their sort of block of flats where they live mm-hmm. and that's really all i'm willing to say on the plot itself because the plot really doesn't matter yeah um i really like this film i really like this film for a number of reasons um one of the things that you'll read in reviews for this film is that it's kind of wait style over substance Mm -hmm. no (laughs) okay no um it is incredibly stylish it is as mark mode would probably say it's stylized to you know within an inch of its life (laughs) however that's sort of the whole point the style is the substance yeah and i've not jello films yeah but i mean this is there's a lot of kind of very self-conscious stuff with the camera there's scenes that are in black and white and they're shot at like maybe like one frame per second which is a quite an interesting effect um there's a lot of um flashbacks going on within the story so the story is very very difficult to follow it gets very lynchian at times Um, yep so anything lynchian i'm all in absolutely same as you and you know (laughs) I say this on the show quite a lot. Anything that uses like, you know, primary color fluorescent lighting, like red or green or, yeah. or blue, I'm all in. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Anything that looks like Suspiria, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, this is a really good example of that. Um, <laughs> like all the films that I'm going to talk about on the show, it's not really for everyone. Mm-hmm. I can see people not really liking this because it's very weird. It's an acquired taste. I mean, I've seen I mean, I haven't seen this one. I've been meaning to because I do... It's on Shudder, so I should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I think I will, I will, on your recommendation, I will check it out. Do you think it's, if someone wasn't really into Jell-O films or um, they could give this a go? Yeah, you don't need to be a a fan of Jell-O. I mean, the the homages are mostly in terms of like, um, there's subtle things like, for example, like the the name of the wife of the main character is Ed Vig. So obviously there's a very famous Jell-O actress called V Fanesh. So, you know, that's sort of very subtle. Um, There's sort of, um, the directors, they do kind of what Tarantino does in that they borrow scores from like other films that they've used and use them in their film. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you don't need to know that in order okay. to you know doesn't enhance your enjoyment of your or 
sorry, it doesn't detract from your enjoyment of the film if you don't know that. Yeah. In the same way as if you're watching Hateful Eight and you know, oh, that's the song from Last House on the Left. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's just yeah. a song. It's just a little bit of a bonus if you do know it. It's... Exactly. It's Brucey bonus. Yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. It's incredibly stylish. It's very, very unlike anything that I've seen in a very, very long time. And if you like weird stuff, then hey, absolutely go for it 100%. Brilliant. That's a great first choice, Greg. Thanks very much. That's all right. Um, my second choice of what to watch on Netflix, uh, wasn't along today, um, is a, a TV show that I actually only started yesterday. I'd heard a lot about it. Uh, a lot of people told me to watch it, and I was like, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like my, my type of thing. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, 2015 show, The Path. Now, Greg, do you know anything about this show? I don't watch TV, okay, so well, completely lost to me. Well, you possibly might like this one. So The Path uh, is a TV show. It's, uh, the second season has just started uh, or just arrived on Netflix. So um, I'm just, sorry, on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, Netflix haven't got The Path. It's about a, uh, a group of people who are joined together by the fact they follow this particular path? way of life yeah, <laughs> path, called mayorism right so what mayorism is is basically scientology right so they haven't called it scientology they've come up with another name for it it's mayorism but everything that happens in it is scientology and as soon as i found out that it was about that they haven't admitted it's about scientology but it's blatant so you've got you've got things where the um one of the main characters is aaron paul who is jesse pinkman in um breaking bad mm. so he's brilliant in it um he is a guy who is slowly starting to think hang on this cult i'm in isn't so great and you see him sneaking out of the compound to find a computer to google mayorism and the first thing that comes up is like mayorism lies the truth and he, he kind of finds out so he's having doubts um Anyone who leaves the group isn't allowed to contact any member that's currently in the group, just like Scientology does. Um, and it's basically about this enigmatic leader who um, everyone is kind of obsessed with and wants to follow. Um, and you can see kind of the comparisons to L. Ron Hubbard in this guy, where he he, he knows he's talking bullshit, but he's starting to believe his own hype when when you get a lot of people coming up to him, pretty girl coming up to him and saying, oh, you're amazing. And um, you can see that this is ultimately, because I've only watched the first few episodes, this will ultimately be um, a Scientology parallel. Now, other reasons to watch this besides the fact I like anything that like shits on Scientology is um, it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful to look like. Uh, look at um it's i mean it's got multiple directors but the cast is great um i don't know if you know uh, michelle monaghan plays yeah 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 she's yeah. she's great um and she plays aaron paul's wife and she was born into this cult so she doesn't know anything else so when she sees her husband having doubts she grasses him up and it's that kind of like oh. tension that's just just brilliant um as i said i haven't got far into it so there's nothing i can spoil um but i am absolutely obsessed after the first couple of episodes so i um thoroughly recommend it if you want to watch it it's on um, amazon and it's very i think it's one of those things that are advertised right at the top of the page so you can't miss it um and if you like breaking bad and aaron paul breaking down in tears every five minutes then this is a show for you um yeah and and series two is now up there too so 
um, you have a quite a few episodes ahead of you if you want to start it. Yeah, it sounds like The Master, the Paul Thomas Anderson it is, Do you know what? That's the other comparison yeah. as well. And I absolutely love The Master, which is another... Um, it doesn't really shit on Silent Torch. It just kind of gives you a window into that kind of vibe. Mm. Um, but The Path seems to be shitting on Silent which is great. Um, uh, yeah, so that's my second choice um, of what to watch on Netflix. What is yours, Greg? Okay, so my second choice, also not on Netflix, incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mentioned that the previous film I talked about is Lynchian. Well, next film is literally Lynchian. Amazing. Um, because it was directed by David Lynch. Um, yeah. So it's The Elephant Man. Which I love. Yes. Now, me and Rhea both big fans of David Lynch. Yeah. And Lynch is someone that we're looking to cover in the future. However, nice. given that our is show... Is an episode? Yes, so it may be multiple episodes in the future. Uh, awesome. Watch this space. Okay. Um, however, we can only really cover the stuff which is sort of horror. Yeah. Um, so I wanted, you know, I thought I saw this and it's uh, available on BFI online. Nice. And yeah, I saw it was on there and I thought, why not talk about this now? So this is The Elephant Man, yeah. <clears throat> as I said. So it stars, uh, obviously, uh, John Hurt, the late John Hurt, as uh, John Merrick, yeah. uh, the titular character. And Anthony Hopkins as uh, Dr. Frederick Treves, who, a uh, story for anyone who hasn't seen The Elephant Man, if you haven't, you really should, because uh, it's a really good film. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's really good. Um, so the story is that uh, John Merrick is this, you know, he's born and then um, he's found in a freak show exhibit by uh, Dr. Frederick Treves. And basically he saves him from this sideshow where he's being horribly abused. Uh, under the guise now it's quite interesting i've been quite interested to see your take of, on this without mm. really spoiling it too much yeah. is that obviously he's taken from being literally a sideshow freak to being almost like a different kind of sideshow freak yeah. because obviously right near the beginning of the film obviously he's kind of shown to all these other doctors it's like look i found this example of this inhuman person and he's got all these different abnormalities and look yeah. at him <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's going from one kind of uh, freak show to another. Um, and as someone who worked in the, I used to work in the circus. Oh, okay. um, it's not, it's not quite as bad as it was back then. Like no one's beaten. I, I was paid. I wasn't just uh, okay. traipsed around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So um, wh why should why would someone want to watch this? Um, well, it's amazing. <laughs> take to take my word for it. Yeah. No. Um, reasons i really like it um well first of all it's i mean it's david lynch now david lynch is known for doing these kind of surreal films however this is kind of a more conventional film for him so the story behind this is quite interesting so he just made a razor head which i think is his weirdest film which is saying something um and he'd done that taken him about four or five years to do it kind of on his weekends and stuff like that yeah <clears throat> Mel Brooks was a big fan of Eraserhead and so he kind of went to David and he had this script, this idea, and he said, David, you know, you direct this because I, I really liked your film. People forget that Mel Brooks produced this. It's Yes, <laughs> he did. And um, got a role for his wife. Uh, Anne Bancroft is in the film. Um, so, yeah, so it's got sort of surrealist flourishes. So there's a nice surrealist scene at the beginning with elephants, yeah. um, which is really it's cool. Smart. It's got, yeah. uh, the ending is really good. The ending is very surreal as well. But other than that, it's very kind of conventional. Mm -hmm. It's, 
in other hands, this would be very mawkish and sentimental because yeah. it's really one of those stories about this person who's been abused and downtrodden and kind of, you know, on the fringe of society, taken into sort of polite society and he's sort of turned into a gentleman, sort of, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds horrendous, but it really isn't no. at all and does have quite dark elements to it. Um, I really like the cinematography, so it's in black and white. Yeah, this is the film that actually, when I was a kid, when I watched this, it got me into black and white films because before this, I was I was like, I'm not going to watch black and white films. They're old. But then I watched this and I was like, okay, I'm into black and white films now. That's my thing. Yeah, I was sim- uh, similar. I mean, this and Hitchcock, yeah. kind of the people who kind of show me, oh, black and white films could be really good, awesome. And the cinematography of this, incidentally, is done by Freddie Francis, who's actually a horror director yeah. in and of himself. So he directed... Um, like for example films like uh, Dracula has risen from the grave and stuff like that before this and I don't think he'd really done a lot of cinematography recently and then Lynch sort of wanted to use him I think because he was a big fan um yeah it's very very well acted um Anthony Hopkins whenever he appears in a film now he's overacting to like oblivion he's like again stealing from Mark Rose through Anthony Hopkins (laughs) like that kind of thing but no he played very very dialed down this is when he actually could act like normally not doing a a caricature of himself and john hurt obviously is absolutely amazing oh one of the best performances on film i think the other person who is in this that doesn't get enough credit um is pauline quirk from birds of the feather (laughs) (laughs) she's in this one in that one scene and dexter fletcher too he's the kid He's okay. the kid at the the sideshow freak. He and he, yeah. Yes, so he it's a very very young Dexter Fletcher. Call yeah. the Elephant Kids with Pauline Quirk oh, and Dexter gosh. Fletcher. <laughs> there you go. You could write it. Yeah, I could do that. There That's my next project. Uh, I'll get Tramer to to produce. <laughs> it sounds like all of their films. Mm. Um, yeah so where and then where's that available again yeah so that's available uh bfi online um they have a lot of uh, very very interesting kind of uh, films on that they have a lot of free films on yeah. there as well it's kind of a mix you can rent films they use the subscription service and there's free films and they as only well. have like the best films on there there's there's no crap there they really yeah <laughs> yeah i know what you mean like i i have an amazon prime membership and yeah there's a lot of crap on oh, amazon prime. <laughs> if you click on horror the horror yes. genre there is the worst yeah, you've never heard of. shudder took all their best horror films yeah, they've yeah. got some okay horror films and some stuff which is kind of low budget and interesting there's a lot of low budget absolute toss on there but you I've know um, heard of. shudder and amazon have teamed up now so on amazon and there's the shudder channel so you can get all, all the shudder right. films within amazon oh there you so go that make things a lot better but thank you that's a great second choice uh my final choice of what to watch on netflix it was going to be star trek discovery but i thought no that's a little bit too on the nose (laughs) but it's it's amazing if if you haven't watched it that's on netflix right now star trek discovery probably the best star trek series since like 89 or something you're not going to talk about inhumans are you no i'm not i'm not talking about inhumans i'm going to talk about one that i also discovered quite recently um i'm a massive fan of ted danson um (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) Right, stick with me. Stick with me now. I'm a massive fan. He was going to go there. No, no. no. Uh, I'm planning to do a Ted Danson podcast at some point. Um, So Ted Danson, obviously, he was he made his name in Cheers, and he went on to have a film career and in like opposite Whoopi Goldberg in a couple of films and then he did that, that film Loch Ness which was an absolute disaster um that's kind of where I I, I dropped the ball on him um, he did then he started to do like CSI type things but then then I heard about his performance in this next thing that I'm going to talk about and I was like, okay I want to check out I want to give him another chance so I started watching it and it's called The Good Place 
and it's on Netflix. Have you heard of this this show? No, no, it I is absolutely incredible. I was sick last week, and in one day, I watched the whole first series of The Good Place. Um, but what it, what it is? It is about a woman played by Kristen Bell who dies, um, and she wakes up, and she's in this place called The Good Place, and it's run by Ted Danson. So it's basically right. heaven, yeah, with Ted Ted Danson as God. Okay, <laughs> sounds yeah, potential to be sound like awful, mm. um, but she isn't meant to be there. They mistake her for another girl, um, who a woman who did something good on Earth. So she's then she's like, oh, I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant to be in hell. <laughs> so because she's not meant to be there, the whole place is all messed up, like messed up. So like, um, she has a dream about. Um, uh, giraffes and and flying prawns in the sky and that comes real so everyone who's in the good place the other people that are in heaven have to suffer all of these weird monsters that appear because kristen uh kristen bell is in 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 the good place so she either has to um fess up and go to hell and be tortured for eternity or stay there and ruin everyone else's uh afterlife so she stays <laughs> she stays there right. and but she finds another person um who's not meant to be there as well who everyone thinks was a buddhist monk but he's really a dj from florida um mm. and it's it's funny ted danson is scary in it like if, if that's funny <laughs> and scary um and the special effects are incredible for a for a half hour hour tv show um and yeah, if it's if you want something kind of it doesn't sound like, but it really is. You can really like just blitz this in in a day. Um, then watch it. It's it's heavily promoted on uh, Netflix right now. It keeps coming up in your in your kind of uh, uh, what to watch list. Um, and it's yeah, it's funny. It's one of the things that I wouldn't think I would like, but I really really do. And I've been like pushing it to all my friends. I've been texting everyone because uh, some of my friends don't listen to this podcast. No, <laughs> so yeah, stop being friends with them immediately. I often do. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so that's the good place. It's made by NBC, and the good place is available on Netflix right now for all you Ted Downson fans out there. And if you're ill, it apparently has healing properties as well. It does, because I am better after watching it. Laughter is the best medicine. (laughs) Um, So, Greg, what is your final choice of what to watch on Netflix? Okay. um, Slight left turn from, like, the film that you've talked... Well, from a TV show that you've talked about. Um, So, obviously, I host a horror podcast. Okay. However, what I wanted to kind of demonstrate on this show is, like, you know, obviously, I don't have to talk about horror films on this show. I know Rian did, and that's fine, but... I kind of wanted to talk about something else. Obviously, I picked um, an Andrei Tarkovsky film. Awesome. Um, so this is Stalker. Yeah. Uh, and this is available on Curzon Online. Ah, good choice. Now, um, so this is Tarkovsky's fifth film. So um, he obviously his other film, he only made seven films. So yeah. it's uh, Even's Childhood, uh, Andrei Rublev, Mirror, Solaris, which is the most famous film, Nostalgia, yeah. and The Sacrifice. And they're all amazing. Yeah, They're all amazing. However, I picked this one because I would say it's probably my second favourite Tarkovsky film overall. Beautiful. It is. It's... Um, I feel like a, a pleb talking about this because <laughs> it's really hard to go into Tarkovsky on a yeah podcast. I just I just don't feel worthy to talk about this at all um, because people have written really long kind of much more authoritative and much more wordy essays about this than me about different interpretations mm-hmm. 
and I'm just some lowly kind of 34 year old man with Asperger's syndrome who's got a podcast so <laughs> I will do my best though nonetheless so um so it's based on a book as everyone knows called Roadside Picnic it's a science fiction film however it's not science fiction in terms of like you know Star Wars it's much much closer to like 2001 or in fact it's not Solaris. even really like that or you know Solaris it's not even set in space it's more like a dystopian film so it's set in this mysterious world which is filmed in sepia and what i would say every single shot in this film is filmed is framed so beautifully like literally you could take any of the two and a half hours of this film and kind of frame it it is that beautiful it is that well framed it's a bit like most tarkovsky the same with solaris and uh, andre rublev is beautiful yeah absolutely i mean there's something about soviet films just the way they look i don't know if it's the film stock that they use but they look a certain way Mm -hmm. they've got this kind of graininess to it which you don't get in digital at all digital you completely lose this where i don't know it just if when they film in like like a lot of this is filmed like in forest or on water there's some water shots in this that are just unlike anything i've ever seen before um there's a shot i think of a fish at one point um and it's just it's just so wonderfully shot and i love long takes i'm a huge mark for like just long takes and a lot of people you know who are probably not used to this kind of filmmaking will go where it's really slow and i guess by modern standards yes it is slow but it's not about no if it's slow or whether it's fast it's just is it boring and i don't think this is definitely not boring because there's something going on constantly the whole time something for you to look at um well long takes go also long takes yeah exactly back back to like david lynch in the new series of twin peaks he borrowed um the kind of a concept of doing long takes where it's just someone sweeping up in the bar and it it kind of lingers almost too long but it's because our 21st century sensibilities mean that we like fast cuts and people are used to that but i Mm. love it when the camera just rests well, I mean, I could I could go on, but to be honest, like the whole subject of like slow cinema and like long takes. So you've got guys like I don't know Simon Lang. Oh yeah, like the Malays- Dragon Inn. Yeah, amazing film. Yeah. One of my favourites. Or I mean, he's the guy who he kind of all, it, really, you know yeah. have ten minute shot of where one scene and the camera won't move or. Um, Apichapul, where is Safakul, or whatever yeah. that guy's name is? Again, he's another one who kind of uses reload. Or Belatar. Belatar is amazing. Yeah. I love Belatar. Belatar is basically like a Hungarian Tarkovsky. Um, if anyone's not see it, seen it, I mean, seven and a half hours for a film. Obviously, yeah. you're going to think I'm mental suggesting <laughs> this, but um, Satan's Tango um, is just all the workmaster harmonies by Bellatar yeah, are just yeah. so good. So, so good. I'm just a, a huge fan of like that kind of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the story of this one, <laughs> uh, me marking out about long films. Um, basically, uh, there's this place, it's called The Zone, um, which uh, there's this war going on. I think there's a war going on anyway. And there's yeah. this guy who's a stalker. He's not that kind of stalker. Um, essentially, he's like a guide. And there these characters, one who's just called writer, and one who's just called professor. And they both want to go to The Zone for various different reasons. There's this room in The Zone where if you go there, um, your dreams will come true. And yeah, they go there and they have very long discussions, very philosophical uh, discussions um and yeah it's not really the sort of film that has a plot i mean 
as I said, you're a screenwriter. It's describe. It's really <clears throat> hard to describe what happens. It's more kind of visual yeah. and the kind of story fills itself in in your mind what happens. Yeah. Um, this is one of those films where you need to watch it at least more than, at least twice to yeah. kind of really, really get what you need to get out of it. But I think films like this, and maybe this isn't the kind of show to bring this up, but whatever, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, you're a screenwriter, obviously. Yeah. I mean, to me, films like this and other films of this ilk kind of show that there is more than just the three act structure. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm currently writing something set in a mostly in a cinema and I'm totally ripping off Goodbye Dragon Inn. Mm. So I kind of want there to be action in between the kind of long scenes in the cinema of just people watching films because mm. I I that's the, my favorite thing about uh, Goodbye Dragon Inn is just like 15 minutes on a guy watching a film so you just see the reflection of the of the film on his face and just the lady just moving seats um it's just amazing now to, to some people that's going to sound like the most boring thing in the world <laughs> but it's not i it's tell amazing. you like in the ghost story you know um rooney, uh, rooney mara eating a pie for 10 minutes yeah that's amazing it's great it's great it's great um and also in goodbye dragon in there's that one bit where um a it's just someone sweeping up in the cinema off screen so mostly so all you see is like the empty cinema seats that's because it's about a cinema that's about to be closed down and i thought that was probably one of the most beautiful scenes i've ever seen just just the sound of sweet of um rubbish getting swept away on the last day of the cinema before it closes mm. oh, it's amazing but with films like that as well and it's similar with this is that normally when you film you would basically put the characters filling the frame mostly, yeah. but they're just in this film and in Goodbye Dragon and as well, there are people, but they're incidental in the frame. There's yeah. all this stuff going around the outside of them and you'll have stuff going on in the background and you'll have stuff to look at without there being a central point of view. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so different and it's just so mesmerizing and just, mm -hmm. yeah, very very rewarding i found so uh yeah go watch tarkovsky everybody <laughs> yeah go watch goodbye dragging in as well because that film's awesome i think i might have made it a choice on about five six episodes ago but yeah if i didn't then please do watch goodbye dragging mm. uh but yeah tarkovsky's stalker is another great choice available on curzon online yeah that's correct how do you how do you watch that is, is it just a i think it's one website? of these it's they don't have like a, a regular service it's not like amazon or netflix yeah. i think it's you rent them online i but think i've seen the app on like amazon my amazon fire stick or something. yeah but yeah. i mean any excuse is like well i've got to kind of pick a tarkovsky film really, yeah haven't i so <laughs> that's great uh well that's it well thanks very much greg um some some great choices there hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and we'll uh pick a few of them to watch if you do enjoy it please uh let uh myself and greg know you can let me know by going to my twitter at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. Greg, how do they find you? Because you're hard to find. Well, <laughs> okay. So uh, my podcast is the Lament Configuration. It's a horror podcast hosted by myself and Rhea Fend, who was a guest on your last show. Mm -hmm. um, we are on Facebook uh, at the Lament Configuration Podcast. We're on Twitter at Lament Horror. Um, we also have a YouTube channel under Lament Configuration, and we're available in a couple of other places as well. I don't have my own personal. Uh, um, Facebook. I have my own personal Facebook, but I don't have my own personal Twitter or anything like that. Okay. Um, well, they can find you on Facebook. Yeah. Greg Knox? Was it just Lament Configuration? No, um, you can find me on Facebook as Greg Knox. Um, okay. Just, yeah, I'll, I'm on there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, of the many Greg Knoxes, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm not on Facebook, so find me on Twitter or if you see my number on a toilet wall, then give me a call. Um, thanks, everyone. Um, I'll see you guys next week and uh, see you later.